Welcome to Let's Be Nerds. I'm your host, Stephen Jay, and with me today, I have Gordon, Dylan, and Tiffany. And we are going down a rabbit hole that I think is kind of popular, but I don't know if everybody's aware of it, so we're going to shed some light on it. Gordon has really stepped up and prepared this one for us today, so we're going to kind of serve as the reactionaries and see what he has to tell us about uh, a certain film developer, I guess is the right word. But before we get into that... It's just a theory. (laughs) It's a a Gordon theory. Don't sue us, man. (laughs) Yeah. Before before we get into that, how are you doing, Gordon? Oh, I'm doing dandy, working on about three hours of sleep in the last two days and it's been up for solid over 24 hours now and i'm ready to get this episode recorded and do our take on this film theory what better way to do it when you're manic and sleep deprived that's what i always like say every other conspiracy theorist <laughs> <laughs> dylan how are you my friend oh i'm i'm feeling good just another lovely day off of doing nothing Oh, good for you. You had the day off, buddy. Yep, just had a doctor's appointment. That's it. All good? Yeah, first checkup in like seven, six years. So, yeah, I'm great. Good. I'm glad. (laughs) That's good. It's good you're prioritizing your health and wellness. Oh, I I was forced. I'm not going to lie. Well, we need you around, and we know that over New Year's you were a little sick. So, it's good that you had a checkup. It's good stuff. We need somebody to make memes. No, that, that's Delaney. He gives me free magic. This one gives the free magic cards to me and me alone. Yes. Because I'm his favorite. Well, I mean... Tiff, Tiff, how are you? Great. Thank you. Good. And I'm glad... I, I think I've lost count. Is this episode two or three? I think three. I don't know. Maybe Te- three. Technically two, because this is going to go out before we're done recording the... Other the one. second one. That's true. <laughs> so, thanks for keeping me in check and reminding me of my place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here for it. I'm I'm liking your contributions and I'm liking what you're bringing to the table. And thank you. I uh, I'm enjoying the idea of me, you, and Dylan all being on the reaction side tonight because I think we uh, I think we're going to fill that role pretty well. Yeah, for sure. So, with that being said, Mr. Gordon, tell us about your theory okay, we're, we're gonna set the scene a little bit here just to give some ambiance that none of this is real because i don't have the time just imagine you're you're sitting at an oval table I, i'm at the head of the table behind me is this giant pex board some, whatever to tack crap onto and it's just the entire pixar universe all with tacks and lines going to each movie uh, t- t- to show that every single Pixar theory is connected, or movie is connected in some way, shape, or form, in that the Pixar movies are just 
one big timeline of humanity in that universe. Okay, so you're essentially going to be the Always Sunny meme. Always Sunny in Philadelphia meme, where you're connecting the thread to different parts of the films. Exactly. As of right now, with movies... With your sleep deprivation, you probably look like Charlie right now, with all due respect. I mean, out of the shower, (laughs) hair frizzy, because I don't comb my hair, I look like a mess. Just hand on the wall, look! (laughs) Perfect. This, uh, the list that is compiled in front of me today is up to the year 2020, so no movies that have come out thus far in 2021 or 2022 are going to be included. We will include those in some smaller independent uh, episodes later on after we really dive deep into the Pixar theory, which honestly, it a lot of a lot of people know about it, but a lot of people don't. So uh, it, it's essentially all the Pixar movies are linked in some way, shape, or form. And the res of right now, the accepted timeline starts with the Good Dinosaur, then it goes to Brave, it goes to The Incredibles, two thousand and four release, then The Incredibles two thousand eighteen release, Toy Story one, Toy Story two. Then Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, and Ratatouille. Toy Story 3 and 4 after that. Then we go to Up, Inside Out, Coco, Soul. After that, we move on to the Cars 1, 2, and 3. They all take place at around the same time. Um, Wally, A Bug's Life, Onward. Mm-hmm. And then Monsters University and Monsters, Inc. Oh, wow. And now we go into more detail about how these movies could be created. Or linked, I should say. We know how they are created. People being smart with pens and paper and making good movies. Because all these movies are great. I think we can all attest to that. They make good words. Yes. And... Uh, for the first movie, The Good Dinosaur, it is uh, put at the front because it is simply when a its dinosaurs are the very first, at least scientifically, uh, the first creatures-ish to uh, really be, take over the uh, world in this universe and be able to talk and communicate with each other and... With this, I I haven't seen the movie personally, so I'm sorry. Um, I've seen almost all the other ones on this list, but just this is one I have yet to see. Um, so I, I I'm right there with you. Just so you're not alone, I did not see it either. Um, all, all these uh, dinosaurs show advanced and close to human level capabilities in 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 themselves, which is foreshadowing later. Um, Later movies in this theory, like Bugs Life, Dory, Nemo, and all these other animal-based movies that Pixar's released, this is debuting that animals have the ability to think like humans, feel like humans, and have all the same worries and concerns as an everyday human. 
that that okay. that's where the this theory starts. And f from there, we we can finally we move on to Brave. We this is where we start getting into some interesting stuff because I I don't think anyone's watched Brave as many times as I have with my five younger sisters. It is <laughs> truly on more times than I've wanted to see it. And with what reading up on this theory and finding out things, I there are things in this movie where you see we we get introduced to the witch. This witch becomes important later in the theory, which this is the, that's the surprise that I'm excited for you guys to see um, who this witch is, who we as a community of the Pixar theory believe this witch to be. Um, but this. It's set, obviously, millions of years after the Good Dinosaur. It falls. It falls. Uh, unconventional princess, uh, Merida, I believe is mm -hmm. how it's pronounced. Meredith. Meredith, thank you. She doesn't want to um. be betrothed to her father's allies because you know, strong, independent woman wants to make her own path. And by by feeding her own, changing her own fate. You know, eating her cake and having it at the same time, so to speak. Which, it ironically, the cake in this movie cursed her mother to turn into a bear. Mm -hmm. Which is really a curse that the witch made. And the witch also did this to one other human, which this become relevant later on. So keep make a mental note of that, guys. I don't want okay. to just jump ahead and uh, ruin it all. I'm I'm riding along as you go. I'm trying to keep track of all this. He's trying to bear um, with him right now. He's trying to bear with me. Nice. Um, she is this this to a little more background on the witch since she is in brave. She is able to uh, transport to different places in seemingly an instant. It it is truly astonishing. It's almost like teleportation. Mm -hmm. Um, has just. Eagle Eye Watchers, who, uh, it, sorry, I, it, sleep deprivation is getting to me. It, it's the, it's the sentient objects that this witch is trying to create in this cabin that she has found in, in the woods. A including those knives that you see her almost kill Meredith with. She, it. It almost seems like this witch is the bad guy, bad girl, uh, in this instance. In like this the antagonist story. of the film. Yeah. Exactly. It's almost as if this person's doing this on purpose, which ironically she is, but for the other reasons. And, and it is it is Merida, by the way. I looked it up. It so. is. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see here. Um, Merida discovers the will of the wisps, which. Is the magic that turns her mother into a bear. Mm -hmm. This magic is why inanimate objects, ex anything, brooms, tools, etc., behave like humans, uh, which is utilized by the witch, who mysteriously vanishes through wooden doors. Keep that in mind. That's also important. You probably already know where that's from, but don't say it yet, because that will spoil it for those who are slow. Um, but... Um, in this movie, eventually the magic of the wisp lead to the birth of superheroes. But we get into that 
later. But if um if you go back and watch the movie a bunch, you'll see a, a couple things in the witch's hut. You'll see a carved uh, bear that looks a lot like Sully from Monsters, Inc. You will see the Pizza Max truck. And there's one other thing that I'm drawing a blank on. But those are the, th the those are the two main things that you need to know. The Pizza Max truck does show up in every Pixar movie. That is a just I think an ongoing little uh just a little Easter egg that doesn't have much to do with the theory. It's just it's a thing to I think mostly prove that certain creatures such as a witch who lives in a magical hut that can teleport through doors can travel in time as well and that's how she knows how to whittle a truck that looks like a pizza max truck okay and, and that's that's uh around the that that's the brave universe and we we jump ahead again a, a certain amount of years to get to the incredibles which is Incredibles 1 and 2, because, of course. They were, even though they took years apart to be released, they were set basically boom, boom. Like, they were yeah. right in the same timeline. It's like they gave us all of it, and we have to piece it together <laughs> ourselves. Which, of course, everyone knows, Incredibles 2, Mr. Incredible, Elastigirl, their children. They have, Dash, Violet, yeah. They um have their desk job. Mr. Credible has his desk job that he's trying to keep to stay away from superheroing because it was sought out as a bad thing for a time until people started attacking again where Syndrome comes in, tries to kill them all with a superhero killing AI robot. It it, it is believed that the government first created these superheroes all by harnessing emotions powerful um energy that humans create because what is it take jack jack for example his emotions directly impact what powers he uses and if they're good or bad when he's angry he turns into a little raging monster when he's happy with cookies he'll be teleporting in and out of who knows where maybe different dimensions maybe in and out of time which it, it, there is possibly Jack-Jack traveled in time back, or I guess forward to Monsters and a couple of the other films in the process to just on accident, not really knowing he, how to use his powers as like a three-year-old. Like a three-year-old doesn't really know how to use anything, so it's just kind of using them all willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. And same in Incredibles 2. It, uh, restoring superheroes to their past glory and trying to regain the public's trust. Mm -hmm. Which is the gist of that movie. And it's... It's the distrust of the people that ultimately led to the extinction, according to the Pixar theory, of the superheroes. The government being sick of having to be held of all accountability for the destruction that these supers caused just it got to the point where they turned the general public against the heroes for causing so much destruction against these 
to supposedly save these people while also destroying countless lives in the process. Yeah. Insurance claims, property damages, yeah. And that that that's the end. That's the end of the era of supers because you don't really see. We don't see much for superpowers again in this timeline until we get a little bit further ahead. But I think that's in that movie is not yet included in this list I have here. But, well, let me ask you this: What's the theory, though? Is that the witch created the supers, or are we not there yet? I'm, I'm not trying to jump the gun on you. I'm just asking. It is. In the Pixar theory, it is believed that the will of the West, the power that the West hold, eventually make the uh, supers themselves. That okay, is the so power that's the that. connection. That is the connection. It's also believed that these powers came about through strong emotion. And that will come into play later when we get to um, Inside Out. Okay. Um, but... Moving on, we move to a more, I guess, modernized time. Supers have are forgotten, even though it was not the not so distant past. Only the 1950s this was happening, and just right around the 1990s, supers have been at this point gone. What is to believe to be gone from existence? There's, it's all been quieted. It's not taught about in schools. People don't know about them. And in Toy Story, we pick up, we learn of the company by and large, which is in essentially just a monopoly that owns everything. And you can't go anywhere without seeing by and large in the Pixar universe, I don't believe. Even when you go to a uh, little hint for later, when you go to the Onward movie, all the products they have that are so futuristic are all um, by and large products or the by and large logos, but with different names because, oh. you know, those monsters speak differently. But we get to that later. That That's a little, uh, little hint for later. But the Toy Story is showing um, how toys, inanimate objects have these feelings and – are able to essentially are they are humans with the rule of not being seen by humans letting them know that they move except for that one sid guy which that was creepy and was we're not going to talk about that i knew someone that looked like sid <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't know someone who looks like sid honestly it was jared when he was younger and <laughs> The Pixar theory um, somehow figured out that, by and large, created toys in order to harvest the power of human emotions. Through that same energy, the toys are also collecting them, and that's how they come to life. Which, this power oh. is remnants of the power of the Wisp, which, I, to my knowledge, as is not official in theory, is, is, I believe, raw emotion of how Merida what it, it was her guide to the emotions she was having towards her mom being turned to a bear and all that fun jazz let's see do we have anything interesting 
on the other timeline. Because I have a timeline that shows some more of the uh, interesting things for each of these movies. For the original Pixar theory, which was when it was just before the new movie started coming out in, I think, 2019 and later. Okay, a resentment towards humans was not only carried by inanimate objects, but animals as well, towards the end of Toy Story 2. For example, Jessie resents her owner. Emily for abandoning her. It, we're seeing more emotions in inanimate objects with this and power that they are apparently absorbing through their owners, their, their children. Which <clears throat> we'll get to in... Monsters Inc. where they harvest first it's fright and then it's laughter because they find out laughter is the better medicine. Everyone knows that. Love that. And also in Toy Story 2 we see Woody is get, he's damaged his arm starts to rip he starts to confront his own morality. Mortality. Thank you. Sorry. It's okay. And a future that he will no longer be Andy's favorite toy. And then you know, everyone knows he gets saved by this, this this old guy who knows how to fix this one specific toy really well. And, you know, he's fixed. It's a happy ending. Well, mostly happy ending. <laughs> Shame. And again, this it, it's the sequel is showing more resentment towards the humans and the way that they're the toys are almost held captive at this point because they are not free to do what they want. They are doing the bidding of their owners, pretty much. Yeah, well, under lock and key, so to speak. And almost nine times out of ten, their owners are always abandoning them. They're ending up in the dump at preschools where they're just mistreated and not. There's no real connection there. Yeah. <laughs> Which brings us to Finding Nemo. <laughs> That's wake the next up, fishy. jump. Fishy, wake up. <coughs> um, Finding Nemo is set just after Toy Story films. Uh, the two we just talked about. Uh, the story is a course about Nemo who doesn't know Nemo probably one of the first Pixar movies I've ever seen myself um it it, it this is showing uh more emotions into creatures like it was in the uh the good uh, the good dinosaur it's reinforcing that animals have these feelings as well of companionship and uh, just what's the word I'm looking for? Parental care towards their kids, and it's not just like in our world, fish live and then or and then are told, you know, good luck, like so many animals are. It's showing that these animals have capabilities of like compassion and nurturing, and yeah, and kindness, and yeah. Are basically humans, or our human level intelligence is what yeah. the Finding Nemo. And Besides Dory, everybody on the cast of 
Finding Nemo was like on a base level of human intelligence. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. And that they also had the same resentment of humans as neglected toys do because a lot of fish in captivity aren't treated well and they're flushed down the toilet and the whole aquarium of it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that brings uh right after that, Finding Dory comes right next. Uh Dory's with Merlin and Nemo across the Pacific, finding Dory's parents. Uh, Dory's kidnapped Life Institute, where she, I believe, finds her parents. I This is another one I haven't watched, because I just haven't had time to. Again, not really sure um, what happens in the end of this one, so I guess I can't spoil it for those who haven't seen it. But um, Dory is uh, reveals that she was raised in captivity for most of her life, and that this is a cause to her memory issues. Is of so yeah. much interaction with so many individuals, probably, and kids probably screaming and yelling and tapping on the glass, messing with her. And that's what I was kind of trying to allude to. Is it like? Her her brain function or whatever you want to call it has been so traumatized that she's kind of to represent not the normal functioning human brain like Nemo is or any of the characters in the first episode. You start to understand she's the way she is for a reason. Exactly. Almost as you could also see if it as a way of she is learning and adapting, kind of from the humans that she's seeing so much of. A bunch of little kids with short-term memory, and that could be a direct cause of imprint, uh, imprinting upon Dory from all these different kids. Just, And that could be another reason of her memory loss, is just that innate ability to become like your surroundings. <laughs> and fit in with the group of people that you might have just met. Kind of. Yeah. In that... Well, Go ahead. Gordon, I'm sorry, Gordon. I didn't mean to cut you off, but real quick before we continue, I want to hear more about Finding Dory and how this loops into the rest of the series. I'm sorry, the rest of the theory, but I think right now is a good time for us to take a quick ad break, and we will be right back. Internet privacy and internet security are two very hot-button issues. Any active user of the internet understands that you are always taking a risk, whether it be your private Wi-Fi at home or a public Wi-Fi connection. You are always at risk for somebody potentially hacking and breaching your data. That's why we here at Speakeasley Productions and Let's Be Nerds have partnered with NordVPN. We believe the services that they offer are of tremendous value. We believe they have a customer-focused service regarding your internet security and your internet privacy, and we support them 100%. If you click the link in the description box below, you can see the services that we are able to offer to our listeners through NordVPN at somewhat of a discount in order to better secure your internet experience. 
help us support the show and support NordVPN and the incredible work that they're doing by clicking that link down below. And we're back and we're going to pick up right where Dory leaves off, running us into Ratatouille, which is showing more that animals are trying want to be like humans more than resent them as we can see with Remy cooking and doing his best to do things that he sees the other humans doing in this movie and that that is where that fits into this theory moving on we got Toy Story 3 and 4 uh Toy Story 3 we um we see easter eggs from a bunch of toys that include Nemo, Carl, and Ellie from Up. Potentially a glimpse at a slightly older Boo from Monsters, Inc. Who attends the daycare. And we even see that Buzz is powered by, by and large batteries. Another connection between the toys and the corporation. Um, in Toy Story 4. Um, the film does, does a lot to answer the question of how toys come to life. Uh, we see the creation of the toy from scraps of trash, which is what Spoonie, I think. And we see that all this kid has so much love for this googly-eyed preschool spork that's supposed to get thrown out after you make it in art class that it comes to life, and it, it's it's giving us it's adding on layers of how inanimate objects gain sentience and their their emotions through who just the, how they gain their ability to feel the way they do is through the emotions they take essentially from humans uh and the pixar theory points towards andy's relationship with woody being so powerful that andy's memories have allowed woody to achieve a level of sentience that few in any of the toys have ever reached which is why Woody is always so, well, basically depressed. I mean, that's how I'd put it. I mean, if I was in his shoes and all that stuff was happening, I mean, that's how I would feel. Sad boy hours, for sure. Um, moving on to Up. Shame. Um, we all know Up, great movie. Um, it fits into the Pixar theory because it's by and large that is buying everything and making mega stores, hotels, everything. And Carl is just trying to keep his little patch of heaven to himself. Um, we also see dog intelligence come to, into this. And um, their ability to talk given by callers. Um, it's potentially one of Arlo's uh, last relatives, the bird Kevin. I believe Arlo is from the good dinosaur, if I'm correct. But it, it is just this is reinforcing that by and large is truly buying everything and trying to make the world essentially a giant mall, I think, and own everything and have all the power. Uh, which throws us into our next movie, which is Inside Out, which is a great, great movie. Um, this is showing us exactly how how the emotions work inside a human and how depending on what 
emotion sits in your forefront is how you're going to react to the certain situations and other events in your life. It also is a hint at why Monsters and Monster Inc. prefer to harvest happiness now, as it is one of the most powerful emotions in the Pixar universe. Uh, we also see uh, the power of memory in the Pixar universe as in the form of Riley's childhood imaginary friend, Bing Bong. It's a forgotten soul that ceases to exist inside Riley's memory. Um, it, it ceases to exist because it is completely forgotten about by Riley. So we see the pure power that just a simple thought can create a essentially living creature granted it be in Riley's mind but it's still a living enough to the emotions inside of Riley um and Bing Bong is actually Riley's long lost memory of a monster that was sent to harvest her happiness theory that that's a part of the theory that that monster is someone she saw when you know, when they came to Harvest Happiness. that That's just how that works. Because they, they don't want to scare kids anymore. Because we haven't got there yet. Um, which throws us to Coco. I'm going so fast because uh, Soul is really, comes next after Coco. And Soul is really where this starts making more sense. Uh, Coco. Um, story told through Miguel. Wants to be a musician. Whole family doesn't like that idea. Because of a dead relative that essentially wanted to be this. Essentially, Miguel was following in the footsteps of someone he doesn't know. And he is, is again, showing us how much memory means in even the world of the dead, as it means the difference of being forgotten and being pretty much. Even by dead standards, a bum, and being very famous as no one will ever forget you, you are a legacy. It is reinforcing how important memories are in this universe towards the the aura and energy that it takes to keep non-animate or non-human beings alive, I guess, in a way to speak. It's showing us... Yeah, it's showing us that they're th through the power that humans are able to give out, it keeps things flowing for these other creatures or races, essentially. And that brings us to Soul, where I'll slow down a bit and let all of you let that sink in. Um, Soul is important because it introduces... Soul. It introduces what a soul is in the Pixar universe. Um, and it's showing that these souls don't necessarily have to enter just any human. It is showing that, for instance, I go, um, we, so we see a soul in the movie enter a cat instead of a human. And we see, we look backwards, Remy is thinking like a human he could just be a rat that was inhabited by a a, a human soul because these souls have 
granted they're supposed to follow the order of what realm they're in to go to the designated humans but there are the ones that don't want to do that and that want to do their own thing so this is showing that this is how essentially the car series came to be is that these souls instead of taking up in humans started taking up in cars and that's why these car beings exist is that they are essentially the rep the next step in evolution i guess you could say of humans it is did every is everyone following this so far oh absolutely yeah. Yeah. um th this is why soul is probably one of the biggest advancements in the pixar theory i think in my opinion is that it's showing it's giving us hard evidence of how the cars have came to life and are able to stay alive in a world that was originally made for humans but retrofitted to be turned to cars which also at this point um this is everyone from by and large has already sent out their ships as we all know from wally um i large sends their people to space to look for suitable new homes and all that fun stuff and they leave back um the wally units to clean up the universe but that's getting a little ahead of ourselves next up is cars one two and three these all happen essentially right one after another this is showing us um the ai technology or though they've how the it's showing us how these cars have come to life in their owners' memories. Is that the previous owners of these cars, their souls have come back to them, and that is how these cars are living. It's using the souls theory from the movie Soul and essentially putting your memories and your passions from when you were in this car and when you own this car into this car and that car is now basically you you are now you are you're a car but you don't realize it it's not a conscious thing you realize it is something we as the watchers have surmised from everything that we've seen and we also see that the cars are also powered by by and large or and syndromes it, it it's by and large is everywhere every time um in cars 2 we see that they are facing fuel shortages they're trying to find um they're trying to find new fuel sources it is also confirmed that this is all still happening on earth and we haven't left um which is where the wally had to come and clean up the last dirty locations of earth by and large abandoned the planet uh cars 3 um it's, it's obviously the last in the cars uh and the cars have a shelf life all cars do cars break down over time without proper maintenance they, they can't continue forever even if they find fuel it's not possible it shows uh some organic life still exists in um this world in some extent there are 
organic material still living in the world of cars even though they are really not necessary at this point but they, they still exist which is what brings us into wally and why wally is it takes place over 700 years from Mumbai and Larva assumes control of the world. The later half of the 21st century. They basically turn the world to trash insanely fast. Ruin the population. Insist that the only way to live is to make these giant starships for these people to live on in luxury to find new worlds to inhabit and ruin again, because, you know, by and large is evil. Um, it, it just shows that the the Wally robots are left to just gather trash and incinerate it. Just, it, it. It's just trying to clean up the world that they have ruined. And in doing so, it keeps contaminating Earth because you no, know, you can burn the trash all you want. It's still going to. You can't get rid. That's going to pollute the air. It's just going. It there's no s s reasonable way of saving Earth as of yet, which we do learn later in the movie that there's a plant, and then the, some humans come back to Earth and. With that, we have our we, we humans come back to Earth and somehow kind of take over again. Like they're they're starting to show back up on Earth as the dominant species, which brings us to Bugs Life, which is oh wow yeah like restart, which is the like one of the first Pixar movies to come out. <laughs> Uh, close to it's it's in the first two. Not came out in 1988, 1998. Sorry, and I was gonna say watch a great it. movie. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Tread lightly. Um, but Some according to the, saw that in theaters. <laughs> All right. According to the Pixar theory, I was born that year. <laughs> shh, talking. Three fingers up. Sorry, but um, in the Pixar theory, uh, Bugs Life occurs after humans return to Earth. Uh, the end of Wally. -E. Some animals and insects survive the pollution because you know there's cockroaches. Those things are resilient as hell, and and because in all the carbs, I guess that you'd get from the mutant cars, you, you, bugs can still exist, and shown that. They seem to fear humans as much as you might expect, because they're small, humans large. Makes sense. And there's just not that many around at this point in the uh, Pixar cinematic universe. And it it's just pretty much showing how bugs are now running their own societies, just like humans, but humans are still coming back and kind of mutating. Which brings us to our next movie, which is Onward. Um, oh. Exactly. Um, this might sound the most unrelated of all the movies. Because it's like, how do you go from humans coming back to Earth to 
what looks like trolls living on this planet that is obviously not Earth, right? You must be thinking. Someone must be thinking that right now. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. Well, the Onward and the creatures that populate the film serve as a missing link between the sparsely populated Earth we saw at the ends of Bugs Life and the Monsters and Monsters, Inc. So, why I like this movie, or I love this movie, it was a great movie, it was a D&D nerd myself, it, like, it did everything for me, this movie. Um, we see magic, again, in the world of, which is Earth. We, we see magic again. We see that um, Ian tries to use a spell to bring his father back. or doesn't work out. We get just his legs. Um, they go on an adventure to this mythical mountain, which if you go back and look and rewatch this, pause when you see that mountain, you're going to see the exact outline of a by and large ship that you see from Wally. Just tilted on its... Uh, port port side i think mm -hmm. and that is a ship that crash landed on earth and then the mountain formed over top of it and that is how in onward we have all these um technology how we have all they have all this technology for what they shouldn't for the type of civilization they are, there's no reason they should have all this technology. And they only have it because of that by and large ship crashed. All the products that they have are rip-offs and the exact copies of by and large products. And it just shows that by and large you can never escape. It's impossible. Um, it and it also shows that these monsters, so to speak, are starting to take over the world... Which is where we get to the Monsters University and Monsters, Inc. Which, at the beginning of this entire episode, I told you guys to uh, remember what one of the witch's powers were. What what could the witch do that seemed really weird? Okay, go through wooden doors to appear places. There it is, Dylan. She is able to use the same... Uh, teleportation transfer through time and space BS that the monsters have come up with in Monsters, Inc. as only wooden doors work to travel into a kid's closet and scare them in the first movie or scare in the first half of the movie make them laugh towards the end. And that's this is where we get introduced to Boo! A sweet little girl that just loves her kitty. And another thing, uh, Easter egg I pointed out that the witch had in her hut and um, Brave was uh, a certain carved figure that looked a lot like Sully from Monsters, Inc. Oh. So, essentially, Monsters, Inc. and Monsters Universities take place at... We're just going to... Same time period. Um, we're entered Monsters University is showing us how they're how they start out with scaring, and that's how they get their energy to pretty much survive. And it 
Monsters Inc. is Earth around 500 years old. Monsters live in our closets each night. Emerge closet. You, you know, you, we all know Monsters Inc. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the real big twist in Monsters Inc. is that it's a common common belief that that witch is Boo. The witch in Brave is Boo trying to find and meet Sully again. That is how she is able to travel back and forth through um, these doors, just like the monsters are able to. She has these magic powers that we once again see happening in um, Onward. And when we look at these monsters and the magic coming back from Onward, what is um, that, you know, the lizard guy? Um, Randall? Yeah. Um, what's he able to do? Turn, like, invisible, essentially. And you would think he he looks like a lizard. That makes sense. Like that, camouflage, that, like uh, super, natural. Those are superpowers. How all the monsters have different, unique abilities, which you would mistakenly think could just be their monsters, when it could be superpowers coming back. Randall's able to turn invisible. I mean, granted, some of them are. There's some who are not lucky to have powers, like Mike. He's just, you know, kind of fucking one. Sorry, that's not PG. He is just thirty a... seconds in. <laughs> he's green, round, and got one big eye. Exactly. Or if you have the Mandela effect, two green eye, two eyes, because you know memes are ruining this world slowly and surely. That is totally meme. That is not a Mandela. Sorry. Um, I don't know. You've made even spicy. Look at what you did. It the the monster. It, this essentially brings around that the will of the wisps, the creatures, defined solely by using the wood. Um, how? Um, I'm sh- everyone. Um. Let's go back to Toy Story real quick. We're gonna put some. I'm gonna piece some things together to make all this make sense. Um, you know, in Toy Story one, two, and three, I think there's almost always that one scene, and where you see that distinct curved tree on top of the on top of a hill where um, Andy leaves his boxes full of toys or where Jesse yeah. is found. Yeah. So there, that tree there look back at up that tree that carl and ellie sit under is the same exact tree the tree in the bug's life is the same exact tree that tree reoccurs in mostly every single movie we see that tree is it that the is the source of the energy that allows you to travel to and fro in time so to speak, or it is essentially traveling through time. And one of uh, the newer movies that came out in 2021 really drive that theory home, but we're going to talk about that one on its own, because some of these those movies that have come out are really just going to will do good on their own instead of uh, talking about them here now, where we can give them their own little spin. But what I was trying to get at is this this tree that we keep seeing, this 
it is it it is essentially what this type of tree is holds this power, the source of energy all along. It, it it's what powers the doors in Monsters Inc. to work properly. It it's it's how um in the bug's life the source of uh flinks and in, in uh ingenuity. It's uh Carl and Ellie when they visited the tree, that's where he got the idea for the balloons. It is essentially I guess you could call it, if you're more of a Marvel fan, it's like the source wall. Um, from Marvel and DC. It is it is essentially the source of all these insane goofy ideas that are um picture posted in chat as first. Thank you, Steve. I have another one coming as well for those of you that are um, it's it's a, s- a smaller one, but it's more of the different movies it's from. I'm sorry, Gordon, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's you. okay. That's perfect. Um, also, it w- with the Bugs Life, you can see the bugs from a Bugs Life show up in Toy Story, and you might be thinking, how Bugs Life is taking place so far after Toy Story? Time travel. Boo tried to go to the future and could have fallen into any period. And kept traveling, stumbling, trying to find her kitty. And it's. And she could have very easily brought creatures from these other earlier or later time frames to an earlier or later point by mistake. Hence why we see a carved Pizza Max truck um, in Brave at the beginning when. There is no such thing as a moving car. And I see in the chat you're asking of the meaning of the tree. Uh, um, it's not exactly what she's asking. That's probably true. Um, I do believe that it's covered in... Um, what's... Is it Luke? Luke I think Luca and... Um, what was that other one with all the powers that, or all the family members have different powers? Encanto. Yeah, I believe those two movies, and I think there was a third one that came out. Am I wrong? Or is it just those two? I think it might be just those two shine more of a light on um, this. I think in in Encanto, this tree shows up. Don't I've. I'm very poor at any other language that is not English. Don't make fun of me. The white, the white instinct to, to put L in front of anything Spanish. Yep. Anything Spanish. And how, for anyone who's seen Luca, um, takes place in a point where the humans that have come back to Earth are turning into monsters as Luca's able to turn into part fish. But that will be covered more in um, hopefully a follow-up to this whenever we're able to do some more dicking on that. I mean, we're going to need to. Can we get to group talk real quick? Yes. Because I have so much I want to talk about. And we're already over on time. Um, Okay, so I just want to point out, and I'm going to link it, and I'm writing show notes right now. So let me just Link is in my notes. I uh, found a subreddit. <clears throat> yeah, I know we're at 30 minutes. We're running over. Um, so we're 
I'm going to link a subreddit that we're not affiliated with. <clears throat> and Gordon, it did not nearly go as in-depth as what mm. you did. But I just want to post it in the show notes for people to like get a baseline. Because they really kind of only connect Incredibles to Wally. And you went further. But somebody in the comments, um, El Bendito King, pointed out, uh, just watched Wally and noticed the sound of the conveyor belts and other mechanics are the same as some of the syndrome sounds like of um, his yep. syn- of syndromes machines. And El Bendito King noted, obviously it could be Pixar, you know, saving that bottom line, saving the budget, reusing sounds, or like is that, that um, hinted? I did continuity? miss that because I explained it really bad. But in my little timeline I have here, a <laughs> little. Um, it does say that the techno that some of the technology used in Wally is a copy of the uh, is the copy of his technology, and that's why it sounds like that. Is that it is a mix between by and large and um, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on a name here. Syndrome. Syndrome. Thank Syndrome. You. Yeah. It it is. But, it's a mix between syndromes, um, advanced AI, and by and large is massive corporation. Before we move on to somebody else, I do want to say that this sub this Reddit post is a lot about by and large. And one of the other top comments is somebody commented, "Welcome to Costco," <laughs> and I just found the humor in that, so I had to share it. <laughs> anyway, who else wants to like talk about? their vibe on this because this is crazy to me. Um so I really like the theory that it's Boo that turns into the old lady, basically. And it almost becomes a paradox in itself. You could honestly call it the Pixar Pixar paradox. Cause mm-hmm. technically we wouldn't have the monsters with the magic of the doors if Boo didn't learn the magic of the doors to travel through time. So basically, without the monsters being introduced to her, she wouldn't have found it. Then the monsters wouldn't exist. So it turns into a giant paradox for Pixar. And you could almost compare the tree to, I put it in chat, but uh, Yggdrasil from Norse mythology. The uh, Basically, the tree of life, the world tree, all the branches are interconnecting and stuff like that. So basically, each movie is just another branch of the tree. That's really cool. Do you okay? Let's take a vote. Do you think that these writers were like? Here's my thinking: Was it like one or two things happened accidentally, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna then make this tangled web that we weave," or do you think this was planned? Because, like Dylan said, this could be pulled from something like a similar theme from other um. history, or so to speak. What's your thought? Because, like, to me, I really find it hard to believe. Like, our writers' room had this together from Jump and got all these other productions over all these other years. I think I I'm going to disagree with you, Steve, for the sole fact that, granted, let's look at the bigger picture. Disney owns Pixar, Disney owns Marvel, and Disney owns everything pretty much. Disney owns all of the. Uh, I'll get there, trust me, it'll be real quick. Disney owns all of the um, ability to... uh, Of all the companies using 
their to make their own timeline that there is no way that they didn't see what was happening and influence significantly to make sure that all of them are stay connected because at this point it's almost it, it is there's no way it's not being done on purpose now if it was yeah. started out on accident I think it started out accidentally and then they realized that people were watching more films in which they maybe wouldn't have. Um, but then got like, like we are going down the rabbit hole of, well, now I want to see this movie because I want to find these other Easter eggs. So then it became more on purpose for marketing reasons. Yeah. So from the standpoint of somebody who's into like animation and stuff like that, um, I definitely think for the first couple of movies, what it ended up being was, like you said, reusing of sounds, reusing of animation and stuff like that. And then people started noticing that and trying to give reasoning for it. And then they turned it into a marketing thing, like Tiff said. Yeah. Eric, what do you think? Um... I do think that they lucked into it with a couple of their movies. And like you said, they were able to just tie it all together and make a, a really fun uh, a fan fiction whole culture just about it. I think that's mm-hmm. a pretty neat way of doing it. It's bringing the Disney magic to Pixar in which there wouldn't have been from a yeah. marketing standpoint. And there's a whole nother... Um, I'll say it now because we're going to cover it. Um, there's a whole nother theory of Disney making their own thing just like this with Tangled and all these other... Um, that one is confirmed. I don't deny any of that. Yeah, I, they yeah. are trying to make their own because they, it, it's working so well for Marvel and Pixar that they, granted, they own them, but it's not their own. It's nothing that they started, they created. They, are, they just picked it up at the end. They want something their own, and we will, that will be an episode on its own. I'm not getting into it. And I want Lizette and Delaney here for that episode because they're nuts into that. And I, I, I agree. I want them here. I'm going to say it makes more sense for them on a business standpoint. I could mm-hmm. see them trying it once, like you know, the, they happen into it or whatever, and then they test out the marketing. It makes sense for them to try it with Pixar and Marvel rather before they do it with their own brand because they're going to see the residual income. They're seeing the bottom line of like. How many subreddits there are dedicated to this? How many podcasts mm-hmm. there are dedicated to this? And it's so keeping like, it relevant, too. Like, who yeah. in the hell is talking about A Bug's Life right now? Exactly. We are. I was yeah. just talking about it the That's other day. It. We're keeping <laughs> it relevant because Such of an iconic movie. Yeah, but it would never come up in ordinary... Or, and our listeners are going to be like, oh, crap. I remember... I remember no, our <laughs> listeners skew our listeners skew more our age tips, so they'll be like, Oh, I remember that movie. I can't believe it's connected to all of this. Yeah. So like that I don't know. This is like a really good like we need to be taking notes, people. Like we need to be stop starting to drop Easter eggs in these episodes for yeah. like years to come. Ugh. I this I don't know. This type of stuff just intrigues me and blows my mind and I just I mean, it makes me like a little bit obsessive. Um, can we go over real quick, Gordon, Ratatouille, we kind of, and I, I know you were rushing to get through it, but Remy is essentially the embodiment of like, cause this is where we got into the souls now, now entering bodies of other beings besides humans. So is, 
Remy essentially the embodiment of like wanting to be a human because he's like a master chef and can like I commandeer. think it's more like in Soul we see that human soul take over a cat on accident or on purpose mm-hmm. whatever you want to believe I believe it was forced upon him but he's a, still able to take over the cat and use the cat as a vessel I have um, a theory about Remy and I think that you... it's the same situation of this person either accidentally found their way into Remy's body, or like the car situation, the soul of a chef long past found its way into Remy, and Remy wanted to be what he felt he was supposed to be, but was very rejected as it by his people, and honestly, just humans, because you don't want to fucking... Sorry. You don't want to rat cooking your food yeah i mean like a, it's like a soul's purpose in a way exactly i've always thought remy was just the reincarnation of gustav or at least a part of gustav that didn't want to give up cooking and wanted to go back to his roots since he became such a big corporate thing oh. and it got him to have a chance to reconnect with his quote-unquote son at the same time yeah. And that still plays into the Pixar theory of like yes. them humanizing, well, rationalizing souls going into objects that we've been like animals, cars. Like it, it kind of still falls in the Pixar theory. Yeah. Oof. This is this one's like a head scratch. I mean, it, it's kind of obvious the way that like you've laid it out, Gordon, and it makes a lot of sense, but. It's like, I think I could sit here and, like, think about different things and, like, have more questions. It's, like, more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. That's what a theory is. <sighs> I love it. I okay. think that... So what's everyone's favorite Pixar movie? <laughs> oh, we could, yeah, Definitely we could end with that. More Ratatouille. Oh, I thought you were just asking. I would I have to pick. say Ratatouille or Monsters, Inc. for me. I'm not I, sure. Honestly, I couldn't pick because I've never seen a Pixar movie and said, oh, I'd never watch this again. Mm. I would gladly, and I gladly have rewatched every single movie that's on that uh, Pixar theory thing you shared, the picture there. I have rewatched every single one of those movies multiple times. So have I. It's hard to. And choose. I'm excited to see how they're going to tie in the new Buzz uh, Lightyear thing into this oh, Pixar theory. I'm so excited for that movie. What's that? They're essentially doing like is is it Buzz Lightly Buzz Lightyear's origin story like beyond the toy? I don't know how you would. Yeah. Really so basically, that. it's looking at Buzz Lightyear <clears throat> as an actual person. And he's an astronaut that goes into a wormhole, from what I've seen from uh, the trailers and stuff. And then turns into Buzz Lightyear. And then, yeah, basically. What was that? Did you say a wisp hole? A a wooden wormhole? It wasn't wooden, no. It was very wisp-looking, though, if I remember correctly. (laughs) I'm just excited, because, like, in the... At some point after Toy Story 1 or 2, I would imagine 1... Buzz Lightyear had his own cartoon, and it was actual. Buzz that was Lightyear. an amazing cartoon. It was so good. It was 
Um, Patrick Warburton, who you know is Joe Swanson from Family Guy, he played Buzz. And then Nicole Sullivan from Mad TV played like his female protagonist love interest. And it was actually about their battles against Zerg. And it was so good. And so I'm kind of hoping that maybe they're recognizing the cult following that show has and maybe opening a doorway into like that side of the universe because such so good. So good. It's light year of Star Command. Oh. I know. I miss it. And they had like all these like fun side characters. It was a good show. Well, does anybody else have anything before we wrap the Pixar theory up? It's worse than I remember. What? No. I'm looking at pictures of the Buzz Lightyear show, and this is not how I remember it. The animation's like a little rough, from what I know. (laughs) But, um, anybody, Tiff, you said no. Anybody have anything for the good of the discussion? No. All right. Well, Gordon, I want to thank you for presenting us with the Pixar Theory. I think you did an excellent job. And I think we have a lot to pick our brains about. And I am going to say we're going to probably need to make this a part two at some point. Um, Because I think it's one of those things with, even with us as the hosts and the the listeners, I think as you stew on this, you're going to think like it'll be laying awake at night and you'll be like, oh, wait, what about this? It's going to be one of those. So, yeah. Let's revisit this, and um, I want to thank everybody for being here today. You guys are the best, and I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank our wonderful sponsors. I want to thank Anchor for making this show possible. Uh, Please, if you are enjoying the show, follow us on Instagram, uh, Discord, Reddit, Twitter. Everything's linked down below. Um, Follow our hosts on their social media platforms. Those are linked down below as well. And with that being said... We'll see you in the next one. Our last two sponsors of the day are Audible and CodeMonkey. Audible is a wonderful application in which you are able to combine your love of audiobooks and your love of podcasts all in one streamlined place. I have been using Audible for about two months now, and I have to say, the experience has been tremendous. I have found that being somebody that's constantly on the go, having one generalized place to find all of my entertainment, whether I'm traveling in the car or listening at work, it has really made my life a little bit easier because I can find everything I'm looking for in one spot and I'm never missing out. I'm staying on top of current things, current events with my podcasts, and I'm making progress on the books that I want to read. We here at Speakeasley Productions and Let's Be Nerds are proud to offer you a 30-day trial with a free credit. All you have to do is click the link in the description box below and you can sign up now and try it for yourself. Let us know what you think because we're pretty proud of this program. CodeMonkey is a very important application. We all know that children are the future, and CodeMonkey is taking that very seriously. With programs for both parents and teachers, this is a fun, interactive way for children to learn coding while gaming. Yes, you heard that right, coding. Teach them young and help them prepare for their future careers in this ever-changing technology environment. 
CodeMonkey is first in its class in its fun and educational software. We would love for you to give it a try. The link for the dis- the link for it will be in the description box below. And please let us know what you think. I am extremely proud to work with them because I believe that they have a very similar vision that I, I and my co-host share. Children are the future and we need to educate them and get them better prepared for the job market ahead. With that being said, thank you Audible and thank you Code Monkey for making this podcast possible. Let's Be Nerds is hosted and executive produced by Gordon Bryant and me, Stephen J. McLean. Let's Be Nerds is a production of Speakeasy Productions. Our social media manager is Kylie Gregg. Our managing producer and co-host is Lizette Ayala. Today's guest host was Robert Van Jacobs. You can follow him on all social media platforms at Bobby Dub Music. To keep up with the latest on Let's Be Nerds, join our Discord server linked in the description box below. Follow us on Instagram at Let's Be Nerds Pod or find us on Twitter at Let's the Letter B Nerds. Thank you.